morning. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Let us begin this Holy Week at home, drawing from the readings in the liturgy. I would invite you to join me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Lord, by the light of your Holy Spirit, you have taught the hearts of your faithful. In that same spirit, help us to know what is right and always rejoice in your consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Christ our King, thy kingdom come. Mary, Queen of the Apostles, pray for us. In our first reading today, we hear from the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, verses 4 to 7, regarding the Lord having given Isaiah a well-trained tongue to speak to the weary. So many of our Reagan Christie family members have taken to the airwaves and to the social platforms that we have using our formation to bring comfort to those who are wearied from being displaced from their jobs from taking on the task of homeschooling their children while trying to work from home, relearning physics and trigonometry, for those who are, for the first time, trying to uh, remain isolated from their family members, living in, in lockdown across the country, suffering interiorly from the absence of the sacramental communion. Many of you are, are these people in need of being accompanied. Some of us, among us, are carrying the extra burden of taking care of aging parents and having family members who are at a greater risk for suffering from this virus. And we bear that burden knowing that as we care for our loved ones, we may unintentionally be exposing them to this virus. Maybe you're a healthcare worker and you work day in and day out caring for those who are sick and suffering and your own tank is empty, and you're in just desperate need of refueling and some physical and spiritual rest. But there's nobody who can walk in your shoes today. There's nobody who can take your shift. Well, Isaiah affirms for us today that our Lord God is our help. Our struggles are very real. We've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, but we are not alone. And morning after morning, if we open our ears in prayer to our Lord, we will hear his voice and we will hear his assurance. Take courage, my child, for I am with you. In the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, we're reminded how much Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, emptied himself to become like us in every way but sin, uh, to elevate us to the level of sons and daughters of God himself. And we read today how he emptied himself um, to take this form in human form, 
And we ourselves today, as we're lifting, uh, listening, we have emptied ourselves in so many ways as we practice social distancing, as we embrace the virus protection measures that our states and our governors have imposed. And I've jokingly shared several times with my peers that um, this house arrest is somewhat of an introvert's dream, but for us extroverts, it's more of a nightmare. But for the Catholic laity in general, this fasting that we're doing from our communal worship and the reception of the Eucharist is a true suffering. For many of us, we have never experienced these types of circumstances. We've never lived in a time like this where the sacraments were unavailable, where weddings and funerals were postponed or limited to 10 people. And we cannot, as a family of believers, celebrate together. We cannot grieve over the loss of loved ones together. And we cannot receive the Eucharist together. Perhaps, perhaps, having emptied ourselves of these privileges, we might appreciate a little more the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus, who emptied himself for 33 years as he walked among us. I know many of the priests who have taken to the airways and the social platforms have spoken about the uh, imposed fast from the sacrament of the Eucharist as an opportunity to increase the fervor among the laity. And I'm sure for some of us that's true. But I've also reflected on the fervor of our Lord to commune with us. It was his desire to feed us with his body and blood, his desire to unite himself with us in this way. So while we are yearning for Jesus, Jesus is yearning for us. I've experienced this in a very personal way when Jeff and I take communion to the nursing home on Sundays. One of the residents there, her name is Anne, and Anne was just a very faithful soul. She uh, was very hard of hearing and was losing her eyesight. But she had, in her younger years, devoted the majority of her time, talent, and treasure to working in her small town parish. And she directed the choir and the music ministry for many, many years. She was also an artist and spent a lot of time painting beautiful landscapes of the farm country around her. She was very devoted to the Eucharist. And one of the things that she missed the most was as she moved to this care facility, she had to sacrifice the going to daily mass. And, um, and she, really, she really missed that, the opportunity to participate in the sacraments on a regular basis. So on her door, she had this big sign that was posted to please wake me for communion. And the nursing staff, every time Jeff and I would walk down the halls, the nursing staff would always ask us, had we been to see Anne yet? Because Anne was certainly waiting for us, but waiting for uh, our Lord to come to her in the Holy Communion. So Anne herself yearned for Jesus. And I felt in my interior his yearning to commune with her. And so that is with many of us, I think. I think our Lord yearns to meet us where we are, and he yearns for that opportunity to commune with us. So finally, we turn our minds uh, today towards the gospel, where our Lord is approaching Jerusalem, weaving his way through the crowds to make all things new. And I just picture all of us on that road, in the crowd today. What do we feel? Um, do we feel anticipation 
or resignation? Do we feel gratitude or indifference? Would we be singing Hosanna swept along with the mob mentality of rejoicing in something we just don't even really know anything about? Or would we be singing, worshiping our King with a conviction in our heart? Would we meet Jesus' gaze face to face? Or would we, or would we look down um, at our feet knowing that we need to seek forgiveness that we have yet asked for? As Jesus enters our homes and our hearts to live the Holy Triduum with us, what, what is he asking of us? What is he asking of each one of us? And what does he want to give to you? With the scandals, I think, that have rocked the church and certainly within our own spiritual family, uh, in addition to the cancellations of all the liturgies and the person-to-person -person ministry that so many of us um, spend our days doing and living, and due to this virus, we, we may feel like we've already lived a series of Good Fridays. We might feel we've been nailed to the tree of scandal and isolation over and over. For some of us, it may feel like we've been just existing in this kind of tomb, bound by the circumstances beyond our control, similar to the burial cloths that bound the hands and the feet of our Lord as he laid in the tomb on Holy Saturday. We're restless to be free, but the work of God did not cease on Holy Saturday as Jesus lay buried in the earth, nor does his work in us stop as we wait in this type of spiritual darkness. An ancient Holy Saturday homily that's used in the Liturgy of the Hours just articulates very beautifully the work that Jesus undertook when to the world it appeared that he slumbered in death. And I wanted to close this morning's reflection with just a few lines from this, this text. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. God has died in the flesh and all hell trembles with fear. He has gone to search for our first parent as for a lost sheep greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death. He's gone to free from sorrow the captives Adam and Eve. And the author goes on to say, out of love for you and for your descendants, I now by my own authority command all who are held in bondage to come forth, all who are in darkness to be enlightened, and all who are sleeping to arise. Rise from the dead, our Lord says, for I am the life of the dead. Rise up and work of my hands. You were created in my image. Rise, let us leave this place, for you are in me and I am in you. Together we form only one person, and we cannot be separated. This week, rise up, work of our Lord's hands. Rise up, members of Regan Christie. Let us empty ourselves of our pride and our vanity and our sensuality. Let us lay our cloaks of financial worry and stress, our sickness and our isolation. Let us lay them along the path to Jerusalem. And in our hearts and in our prayer, 
Let us accompany our Lord Jesus in his passion and in his resurrection.